0: God is so good. Heaven rejoices with us. Amen. Um, I'd like to welcome you to Grace and Love Church. If you're visiting, we love you. We thank you for being here. Um, Let's get right into it. Um, I want to talk to you about a topic that I've entitled uh, Transformed this afternoon. And I think Jesus uh, is a perfect example of that lifestyle. So let's go to Matthew chapter 17. I'm reading uh, in the New King James Version. If you want to follow me along. Uh go ahead and uh give me an amen when you're there. Matthew chapter 17. We'll read from verse 1 to to 13. Amen? amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's read and then we'll pray. It says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already. And they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. Wow. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for this moment, God. We thank you for this service. I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak tonight. I ask that you open up the hearts, the minds, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just thank you for your word in advance, God. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you this afternoon about a concept that uh, I've been thinking about and I've been meditating on called transformed. And I believe that what God has done in our lives is he's began this transformation. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, Uh, In verse two, that we should be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so uh, I was looking at these words, transfigured and transformed, and it so happened that they're the same word in the Greek. And it means to, to metamorphosize or to change. And I'm sure you guys have maybe heard that or have heard about that. That um, so many people use the example of like a butterfly for for example, and uh, and they talk about how the butterfly becomes, you know, and and its cocoon and it begins to change and there's this process. But I want to show you actually what. What uh, what what the transformed life kind of looks like. And there's so many aspects to it in this in this uh, passage that we just read. But I think it's perfect for our time. It's it's perfect for this generation. It goes great with what we're experiencing with God, with the miracles that we're seeing. I mean, these people that got baptized, that's a, a miraculous thing. You should be excited. You should be happy because heaven is rejoicing because people are being committed to Christ every single day. If you were here on Friday night, we had a movie night, and I know that's kind of different for a church. Not a lot of churches have movie nights, but we showed a film, a documentary where they're, they're showing a move of God or how God is moving in different countries and how God is speaking to these men. There's this guy in India. If you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. There's this guy in India that what a life, right? He hears God's voice every day. At four in the morning, every like audible voice and he and God tells them uh, him what his mission is for the day. Like you're going to go to this town, you're going to do this and this is what you're going to experience and just preach the gospel and people are converted. People see him in dreams and they don't know why they saw him in dreams until they get to meet with him and he tells them about Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that God wants to work the same way that he's working in those countries, the same way that he's worked, that he worked in the book of Acts. He wants to do with us today. Do you believe that? amen and so god wants to challenge us today that that you know jesus takes peter james and john or, or i like to say peter john and james it just kind of flows better so uh, you'll, you'll hear me say peter john and james a lot he he tells peter he tells john and he tells james and he says hey go up to the mountain with me i'm gonna go up there we're gonna go pray we're gonna go be with god we're gonna we're gonna talk to the father now you know, as I read this and, and and just some thoughts that I was having, I was thinking, you know, he always took Peter, John and James with him. Did, have you guys noticed that that he always takes these three with him? And, and I was thinking, what about the other guys? You know, like, what are they what are they thinking about? You know, like, all right, I'm going to go up to the mountain and I'm going to go pray. Peter. John, of course, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Peter, John and James. Yeah, I know. We know Jesus. Thank you. Or were they like, man, I'm tired anyway, so that's good that he took Peter, John, and James. We don't know, right? We don't know what their response was. But the point is that Peter, John, and James had this exclusive connection with Jesus Christ that none of the rest had. They had a different connection with Jesus Christ. Now, God is calling you, I believe, this afternoon. He wants all of you to have that special connection with Jesus Christ like he had with these three guys. All of these three guys were so special to him in a particular way. Obviously, all all 12 of them, even Judas, was special to Jesus Christ. Although he did what he did, but Jesus loved them individually and God loves you the same way. And so here's this experience that they're about to have. And if you read in other gospels, you'll read that Peter, John, and James go up to the mountain with Jesus and they fell asleep. You've read that before or heard it? They fell asleep and Jesus is praying. Jesus is is going after the father. He's having intimacy with his father, which we all should have at all times. Amen. And he begins to transform. This is where it gets pretty interesting and it gets good. These are this is what I call the meat and potatoes. Jesus, he begins to transform. Now, Peter, John and James are asleep. And they wake up. To a whole Different Jesus. Woo. They, they wake up to a whole different Jesus. I'm so passionate about this. They wake up to the real deal. Jesus glorified before the cross. He hadn't died yet, but they wake up to a glorified Beautiful, shining, righteous King of kings and Lord of lords. They wake up to a glorified Jesus. And I believe that God is calling this generation, you and I, in this church to wake up. Wake up to this glorified Jesus. What kind of Jesus do you have in your life? You know, some people have a crucified Jesus, right? Awesome. He died for our sins. Perfect. Some of us have a a suffering Jesus. Great. That's awesome. But what Jesus wants and what he was doing in this moment, think of the possibilities. I mean, the possibilities are endless when you live with a glorified Jesus. When you live with the righteous king of kings and Lord of lords, when you understand that Jesus is alive, he's well, he's he's perfect, he's awesome, and that you live with that, they wake up and they see Jesus. Man, heaven was invading that place in that moment. It was like for a moment they went to heaven. You know that you can have those experiences here on earth? Because you live with a glorified Jesus. You live with a Jesus that's that's perfect, that has died and resurrected. He didn't stay dead, amen? He resurrected on the third day, and he begins to transform in front of Peter, John and James, and Peter. And John and James, they wake up. And it says that. His face was shining like the sun. It says that his clothes became as white as the light. Amen. And that they saw Moses and Elijah there with him. Can you imagine what they were talking about? Real quick, just side note. What 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 is what is Jesus Moses and Elijah talking? I, I wish I could have just had like a, the phone tapped or, or just an ear, a fly on the tree, just listening to the conversation of Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And to me, this is like what represents Jesus is this glorified, shining, beautiful, eternal being who is God. And at the same moment, some of the greatest prophets that the Israelites knew about. Moses, I mean, you talk bad about Moses with the Israelites, especially back then. Oh my gosh, you were gonna get stoned for sure. If you talk bad about Moses, you talk bad about Elijah. Oh, man, that was one of their powerful prophets. Amen. But here, Moses and Elijah come short of the glory of Jesus Christ. He comes short of the glory of Jesus. Although Peter's like, Lord, uh, we woke up. I'm awake now. And, and can I make three tabernacles for, for you, Elijah, and Moses? Like three shrines for you, Elijah, and Moses, Lord. And Jesus was, I don't, he didn't even answer his question. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. So here they are. I, I want you to picture this with me, please. You know, sit up. Uh, uh, Get ready. Use your imagination. It's okay. God gave it to you. Think of this moment, okay? It's you, two of your friends. Pick two of your friends, closest friends in your mind. You three are going up with Jesus, up a mountain, okay? You're there. The trees are there. It's cold because it's nighttime. It's very cold. So you have your coat on, right? You have your your boots. They didn't have boots back then, but for us, You have your coat. You're there with Jesus, and Jesus, he's praying with the Father, and you're like, Jesus, man, I'm tired. Like, we're not used to hiking like this back in LA. You've you've hiked. I don't know how many. I could do about maybe half a mile, and uh, you're there, and you're just you're just sleepy. You're just like, I'm tired, Jesus. And Jesus is like, come on, pray with me. Pray with me. I want you to be awake to this. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss. I want you to be alert. Be alert. By the way, if you go hiking, you do should be alert. Don't fall asleep somewhere up there, you know. Anyway. Be alert. Be awake. Pray with me. Stay with me. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're here, Lord. It's Peter, John, and James. The other nine... Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine are down there. They're they're probably asleep. They're like, okay, but it's us three and Jesus. It's you three, your your three friends and Jesus. And 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 he begins to pray and you fall asleep. And and you're asleep. And I and I and I see the church today, brothers and sisters. I, I look at the church today as, as a whole. And I see that a lot of us, a lot of people in the church of Christ, not here at Grace and Love Church, there's revival in this place, amen? But I see the church as a whole, and some people have fallen asleep to this Jesus. And you know what? God has called you to wake some people up, to wake people up to this glorified Jesus, this beautiful, righteous Jesus. So you're asleep, and all of a sudden— One of you wakes up, maybe it's you. You know, you're like, yeah, in my dream, it would be me. I would be the one waking up. And I would see Jesus glorified to the point where all I can see is light on his face. And all I can see is that his robes are white as as the light. And another version, another gospel, it says white as snow. Have you guys ever seen snow? Like like where... People have not touched it yet. It's not brown or, or other colors. It's so white, right? It's, it, it almost feels like, like you could jump on it and just, you know, just do a belly flop on it. But don't do it because it hurts. It's ice. It's actually ice, guys. But it's so white and pure. You're like, man, look at that. That's why snow amazes us. All kinds of people. The first thing they do when they come to certain areas like California, let's go to the snow. It's winter. It fascinates us because it looks just amazing, white, puffy. You think it's a cloud, but it's ice, guys. And so he's he's shining. He's shining as white as as snow, as, as white as the light. His face is shining like the sun. You ever tried to look at the sun? You're blind. You ever been driving in the sun? That's the worst. When you're driving and the sun's in your face, praise the the Lord that I don't have to go through that every single day. The sun's always somewhere else when I'm driving. But there's times where I've driven like directly into the sun and I'm thinking, am I going into the sun right now? It's so bright and strong. You can't see. That's how it was. As you're waking up, you're seeing the light of Jesus. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm setting you up. You're seeing the light of Jesus and it's shining so bright. Are you with me here? I know some of us are older and our imagination is kind of like, but don't let your imagination fade, okay? Be a child child with me. Be childlike with me, amen? You're seeing Jesus. His face is shining. His robes are white as snow. And you're like, oh, this, this is for real. I'm sure Peter was like, man, I thought, I knew he was powerful rabbi the miracles but this is another level john and james i don't know if they woke up but i know peter did i'm sure they did but they're just like wow oh my gosh jesus jesus is god jesus is the son of god and he's showing himself you know this flesh this flesh is like a veil you know the veil they had separating the holy place and the holy of holies? This, this flesh is like a veil. And right in that moment, Jesus was saying, let me take the veil off for just a few moments for you. I'm going to show you what's behind the veil. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, give him a hand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he says, I'm going to show you what's behind the veil before the veil rips I'm going to show you what's behind this place, the holy of holies. And he shows up. And then on top of that, just to be like, God is so awesome, right? He has a sense of humor. You guys agree with me? He's so awesome. He's like, let me just throw in Moses and Elijah just to completely creep these guys out and make them feel scared and afraid. Let me just throw in Moses and Elijah, the, the most powerful man in Israel that they've had besides maybe David. If he would have threw David in, I think they would have really just died, for real. So here you are with your friends, though, and Jesus unveils himself. He shows himself. And on top of that, he has these two guys with him that you admire very much. It might be David, Elijah, or Moses, or it might be someone else. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to hear this conversation. Maybe there's no conversation. They're just there in the spirit. And now you've witnessed the glory of God in a man. Okay, I want to bring you back now. Can I bring you back? This is still a man. It's God, yes, but it's also a man that they've been walking with and eating, sharing, and going to the restroom, showering. Jesus showered. You guys okay with that? He showered. He, yeah, he took care of himself. He's cut his nails when they were long you ever think about stuff like that i'm thinking like lord you're god and you were cutting your nails down here with us filing them and everything wow that's crazy now he didn't do that he's a real man he don't do, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm kidding i filed my nails all right i admit it so jesus he's he's a he's a hundred percent god and a hundred percent man And then Philippians, it says that he he chose to put his godliness aside, right? And we've looked at that. And at this moment, Peter, John, and James are like, wow, I've just witnessed God. But he's Jesus, the the man that I've been walking with, the the one that was born from Mary and, and raised by the carpenter, Joseph. That's the same Jesus, but he's God bless you <laughs> Are you with me so far? All right, so on top of that Moses and Elijah appear and we've talked about that. But let's talk about the next thing, the uh verse 5. While he was still speaking. <clears throat> while he was still speaking. This meaning Peter behold Peter gets interrupted again. Behold A bright cloud overshadowed all of them now. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. That's a command for us, okay? First, that we would be revealed behind the flesh. We see him. He's glorified son. He's Jesus Christ. We worship him. And now the command is, hear him. What I'm talking to you about today, and I'm going to bring it all to its sort of point here, is I'm talking to you about a transformed mind. We are in the process of being transformed through the renewal of our mind. Amen? If you want to know what a renewed mind looks like, It looks like Jesus, just like what we saw right now. That's what a renewed mind looks like in the spirit. As your mind is being renewed, you're being transformed into more like Jesus. And how do I renew my mind? It's here. Hear him. When you hear him, it's not just in one ear and out the other, kind of hear him. It's I'm hearing him, and I'm putting to practice what he is teaching me. Because, see, uh, God, the Father, he's well-pleased with Jesus Christ, but he's also well-pleased with you because you hear Jesus, and you obey, and you follow him. Amen? Amen? So here he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well-pleased. Hear him. God is transforming us. Let's go to uh, Romans, actually. I mentioned it earlier, Romans chapter 12. I'm going to show you that. Oh. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. When you have it, give me a amen, please. It says... And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed or transfigured or metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me read it again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. God wants you to be able to prove his good and acceptable perfect will in your life. In order for that to happen, there needs to be this transformation by the renewing of your mind. I don't know what you're going through in life. I don't know what you're against. I don't know what's been happening throughout these months, throughout these weeks in your life. But I know one thing and one thing for sure is that if you have negativity, if you have obstacles, if you have things that are coming against you, this is what's going to help you. And this is the renewal of the mind. The way that you think is so important in this Christian life. Because what you think will manifest in your behavior. What you think, the, what you believe will begin to manifest how you speak, how you think about others how you how you talk to others how you think about yourself everything has to do with the renewal of your mind that's why it's important that when we hear these messages about faith when we hear these messages about renewing our mind about Jesus that we take it all in because that's what God wants for your life he wants you to mature to be renewed to think like heaven to think like heaven, not like like we, we always say, right? Not from earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth. That's what, what Jesus was showing his disciples. He was showing them this is what the renewed mind looks like. It looks like heaven. It looks glorified. It's bright. It's shining. There's no fear. There's no, there's no negativity. There's nothing coming against it because it's perfect and it's righteous. And that's what God has done in your life. That's what Jesus has done in your life. Now, there's a process that begins. Look, some of us some of us have like like we have these these crazy thoughts. We have these these things that attack us and and these these strongholds and these things that overcome us sometimes. But I'm telling you, the renewal of the mind is key. You knowing who you are in Christ and knowing who Christ is in you. See, there's no longer a need for Jesus to unveil himself. He destroyed the veil through his sacrifice, and now there is no veil. That's why the veil was ripped from top to bottom in the holy place, because now there is no veil. It's Jesus glorified, and you have him in your life. You have him in your life. You agree, amen? You have him in your life, so don't feel unworthy. Don't feel like, like you're not good enough. Don't feel like like these things in your life are, are, are going to overcome you because they're not. You have the glorified Jesus living inside of you. You carry him inside of you. The Bible declares you. Listen to what the Bible says. He says, You are the light and the salt of this earth. Amen. The nations will come to you because of what you carry inside. The prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17 is, Lord, the glory that you have given me, give to them. The glory that you have placed inside of me, give to them. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we say, man, I'm not even close. We look at ourselves and we say, "Man, I'm I'm, there's so many things that I need to work on." And yes, although that might be true, you can't work on them with your own self. You need to go deep in Jesus and say, "Jesus, you're the only one that can change me. Jesus, you're the only one that can fix these things. Jesus, I rely on you because I am awake to who you are. I'm not asleep." on, say, I am not asleep. I am not asleep, although some of you are falling asleep. I am not asleep. I am not asleep. I am awakened to this beautiful, glorious, perfect, righteous Jesus that lives in me. See, Peter, John, and James, they they didn't have that option yet. They didn't have that ability to say, Jesus lives in me. All they can say is, Jesus is with me. We can say, Jesus is in me. What we have now on this side of the cross is greater. It's greater than before. Because now Jesus makes his home inside of us. So what are you afraid of? What are you worried about? What are you thinking so much about? What, what, what keeps you up at night? How, what, what sin is affecting you? It doesn't need to. Why? Because the glorified Jesus lives inside of you. But you've been living through the flesh, thinking you're strong enough to handle. And then things keep crashing down because all you do is try with your own will to fix things. You haven't surrendered. You haven't surrendered and you need to surrender and say, God, I can't do it, but you can, Jesus. I don't know if you're hearing me. I don't know what's worrying you. I don't know what's, what's plaguing your mind, but, but Jesus has it all in his hands. Trust him. Let's go back to Matthew. I believe that some of you, Matthew 17, I believe that some of you, if you're going through stuff today, if, if something is up, it's just been a roller coaster of things for you in your life. I don't care if you're a leader in this church, and you need God to do something today. I believe today is a good day. Hear him, verse six. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But not like terror, not like like a horror movie afraid. They, they had reverence. They were, they were in honor and respect of what had just happened. So maybe you, maybe you're going through stuff. What's the solution, Mario? Hear him, and then worship Him, fall on your face, like these men did. They fell on their face, and Jesus came and touched them and said, "Arise. Do not be afraid. Basically, everything's going to be okay. Oh, man. You know, like you could hear the word from the pastor, and and he'll tell you, you know, I'm praying for you, and everything's going to be okay. And you leave, and you're like, yes, but there's nothing like hearing the voice of God in your heart that tells you it's going to be okay. going to be okay arise church arise wake up arise be bold you have the king of kings living inside of you and as you're being transformed through that see what happens is what happens is your spirit the 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 born again spirit that the bible speaks of in second corinthians chapter five that born again new creation is, is being built up. It's being empowered. It doesn't need fixing. It needs growing. Your spirit, amen? Your soul needs fixing because your soul has been around for a long time and it got used to some things that it shouldn't have gotten used to. Your body, your body just responds to what's going on in your soul. Now, of course, your body has instincts and things like, I'm hungry, right? And you need to eat. That's your, that's your body, your nature, this. But your soul is being renewed. And some of you, hey, I've done it. Look, look at me. I've done it. We live out of our soul a lot. We live out of our instincts and our flesh a lot. Our, our soul is like where the emotions are, right? You ever go crazy with emotions? Maybe it's just me then. Your emotions just go crazy. You're like, you know, like uh, something happens, and, and, and all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, let's say wife hasn't called you. She was supposed to call you and, at 1 p.m., and she's, it's 2 already, and you're like, man, she's dead. She's dead. She's gone. What am I going to do? Oh, my God. And you're like, I'm not even hungry anymore. I'm usually hungry around 1. Your emotions get the best of you Sometimes. Emotions are not good leaders. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful leader. But emotions, they always lead you wrong. Always lead you wrong, especially when they're negative. Sometimes those positive ones might lead you right, but always negative, always lead you wrong. Like, i just been feeling like, as soon as people say, i just been feeling like, like you know, like this, and I'm like, yep, you've been feeling all right. But you haven't been... You haven't been in your faith. You haven't been in your spirit. When the Bible says, you know, don't, don't, don't live in your flesh, live in your spirit, it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. Although he guides us, it's talking about the spirit inside of you. Live by the spirit. That's where strength is. That's where joy, righteousness, and peace is. That's where everything is. That's the connection that you have from earth to heaven. That's the connection right there. But some of us, we live in our soul and our flesh too much, and we get in trouble. Man. So our souls like insecure, right? A lot of us sometimes we're like insecurity. Like, oh man, like, like if the boss at work doesn't pick us, they pick the other person that works with us. You're like, oh my God, what did I do? That's it, I'm getting fired. Oh man. Okay, I gotta start looking for a job already. And you're like on Craigslist already, <laughs> looking for a job at work. Looking for a job at work. Oh, jeez. And then they call you in. Yeah, we just wanted to thank you for all the hard work that you've been doing. We were doing that with, with him and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, okay, good. I thought I was getting fired. They're like, what? Th- those are your emotions. But when you're led by God, when you're led by the spirit that lives inside of you, man, like somebody may come with bad news, right? Like, hey, this and this happened, bad news. And you're like, Okay. I'm not going to ignore the bad news and, and be ignorant either, like, oh, no. Okay, fine, bad news, but I don't respond or react, I should say, react to bad news. I react to what Jesus has done in my life and what he's about to do. I have to trust him. Amen? So he says, arise and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. Verse 9, now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them saying, tell the vision to no one until the son of man is risen from the dead. I'm going to end right there because, wow. So here's Peter, James, and John. They just saw glorified, beautiful, righteous, unveiled Jesus, Moses and Elijah. And he says, don't tell anyone. Now You know, some of us would have been like, hey, guess what happened up there? <laughs> you know, there's some experiences that are just for us. And I know they're great experiences, and you saw angels and clouds. And, but, you know, it might just be for you at that moment. And eventually, God will ask you to share because testimonies are good. Um, But this experience was for Peter, was for John and James. You can't talk about this until the Son of Man, what did he say? Is risen from the dead. (sighs) Let me paint another side note picture here. Are you with me? Jesus dies. And every one of his disciples, pretty much everyone, they're all sad. At that moment, if you're Peter, don't you want to be like, "Hey, um, remember when we went up the mountain, Peter, John, and James?" And because wouldn't that have helped them? That would have helped me. You saw Jesus in glory. Oh, then he's coming back for sure. But all of them were so depressed inside, and, and even then, they couldn't say anything. What I'm trying to like paint a picture of is. Jesus wants to have such an intimate relationship with you that he wants to give you secrets for you and him. That's how deep his relationship with you he wants. Does that make sense? He wants it so deep with you that that you have secrets with him. You, You have secrets with friends? Amen? Sounds like an app, Secret with Friends? You have secrets, right, with friends that, okay, let me rephrase. Maybe you're married, you have secret with your husband or wife, amen, and no one else knows. I know I do. Shoo. I better. Right? And only her and I, we look at each other sometimes, right, in public, and we're like, (laughs) yeah, I know, I know. But only her and I know that because in intimacy, we just talked about those secrets, You and Jesus walking, right, you're at work, you're in your car, you're like, I know Jesus, no one knows about that. It's so funny. (laughs) I love you, Jesus, in your car. (laughs) And when the Holy Spirit hits you in the car, that is like the bestest and the worstest because you're driving. But it's the bestest, right? Is that a word? That's not a word. But I love it. It's bestest. It's just like, wow, and you get to work, and you're like, man, I drove an hour and change, but I felt like it was, like, fast. I wanted more. That's the kind of life that Jesus wants with you, amen? No more, like, like, I'm going to go to church on Sunday, and that's it, Uh, you know. Like, imagine I went to see my wife every Sunday only, like, hey, wife, I love you. (laughs) Hug it out, kiss. See you next Sunday. Peace out. (laughs) Are You kidding me? My wife, short leash. Just kidding. I love you, honey. But that's what Jesus wants every day, right? This is the kind of intimacy that he had with them. And then on top of that, he starts explaining the mysteries of John the Baptist and and how he had the prophetic spirit of Elijah. And uh, it's just he starts telling you things. That's what God wants with you, amen? But, you know, like, we just have to go after that and be renewed. And all of a sudden, you're transformed. And all of a sudden, you're like this new person. I look back on my, I think it's been 10 or 11 years now of, of, you know, following Christ. I look back and I'm like, man, not even 10 years ago, just like 8 years ago was something else but he has changed us amen all right let's pray